Lynette Richmond. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Trend Talk Show, where industry experts join me to discuss new and emerging trends in their fields. Well, hello out there. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or late evening, wherever you may be. Um, I'm so excited to be here tonight for the first episode of the Trend Talk show. And I'm doubly excited to have these amazing people with me here. Thank you so much for saying yes when I asked you. I admire and respect each of you so much. I'm going to like tear up a little bit here. So um, I, because I, I, you know, I'd like you to share what you want to share. So uh, why don't we start with Deanna and tell people who don't know you um, a little bit about you and what you do. There we go. Live broadcast. <laughs> All right. Well, how about if you, while you're fiddling with that, why don't we move on to Jillian? Hey, hey, hey. Hi. So this is always the fun part about lives. I'm sure I, I just brought the, I brought the curse. I, got, I brought the curse with me where it's like, it's just so fun. I'm sure Seb's in the audience, LinkedIn Seb, and we'll have a big laugh later. It's always great. Oh, I okay, know. So, so I, I'm Jillian Whitney. I'm video easy peasy, uh, LinkedIn, helping everybody with LinkedIn video, LinkedIn live, and I'm excited to be here. So I'll turn it over to you, Kevin. Uh, well, thank you, Jillian. I'm Kevin Turner with TNT Brand Strategist. My mission is to eliminate personal blanding, which is that inadvertent way that we demarket ourselves, especially on LinkedIn. And I'm passionate about LinkedIn. So I'm, I'm just excited to be here and a great fan of yours as well as Deanna's and Jillian. So just cool to be here, especially on the inaugural show. Yeah. Annette, can you hear me now? Yes, we hear you. Yes, we hear you. Okay. Okay, so replay. Here we go. So first of all, Annette, thank you so much for inviting me. And whenever you send an invite, it is a no-brainer that I say yes. Not to mention my friend Jillian and Kevin, who I have experienced multiple times via audio, but this is my first LinkedIn Live with Kevin. So thank you very much for, for inviting all of us. And my name is Deanna Russo, and my company is Leverage Up, and we take your LinkedIn presence from drab to dynamic and give you a strategy for how you're spending all of your time on LinkedIn. There you go. Yeah, that's so that's so great. It, it is. It's all about it's all about the strategy. And this is my first time meeting Kevin sort of face to face as well. I met you on audio and I, I mean, I've had Deanna. She's been on my show and Jillian and I chat all the time. So um, again, I, I'm so grateful for you all being here. So let's just jump right into it. You know, uh, a lot of the current features I was reading up about this and a lot of the current features, the new features seem to be sort of related to the whole creator mode, which rolled out about a year ago. And at the time, I was one of the first ones to get creator mode and, you know, cover story as it was known then. And I just read something that March um, that LinkedIn reported in March. More than 5.5 million people have turned on creator mode. And, um, you know, I mean, that sounds like a lot, but as I think we mentioned, it's, you know, when you have 580 million, I hope I got that number right, members in 200 countries all around the world, that's not really a lot of people. Um, 
But one of the things that I thought was interesting, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on this, and you know, we'll be working this into our conversation. Uh, LinkedIn said that they've seen a nearly 50% increase in the number of people following members who have creator mode turned on. So I'm I'm curious about that too. And a 30% increase um, in engagement with those people. And before we turn to um, to audio, which is going to be our first sort of topic here, um, what do you all think about that? Well, I, I think just, yeah. Ladies <laughs> <laughs> first. <laughs> there, if there's 850 million people, and to say that only 5.5 million people are using creator mode leaves me saying there's a lot more room in the big ocean that is LinkedIn for creators. It's, I mean, I've been saying that there's 3% of people that are posting content on LinkedIn for years now. And that, that number really hasn't changed much. Um, obviously, we've seen a lot more grow into, but it's, it hasn't been enough that's actually twist, that's, that's, moved the, that's moved the dial. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of room. And honestly, after we get done talking about creator mode, hopefully we'll convince other people to turn it on and give it a shot. Yeah, that'd be great. That's true. And and I guess the thing is, is that just because you turned on creator mode doesn't necessarily make you a creator. To mm-hmm. me, making you a, a creator is someone who is creating content on LinkedIn. So they're kind of a little bit of a content machine. And I think a lot of people have maybe turned on creator mode, maybe prematurely, because if you're still growing your network, if you only have 100 people in your network and you turned on creator mode, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing for you. I would focus more on building your network first because of the follow first thing. And that does make it very, very difficult. And it would be nice if that was divorced, that you could be on creator mode, but you could still be connect so that you could grow and be a content creator at the same time. But I think there's a little bit of a choice. And you actually did a whole post about this, didn't you, Kevin? I believe I did. I, <laughs> too many posts, maybe. <laughs> you know, I look at, you know, the, the fact that in that process of creator mode, right, you have to accept follow first. I took on follow first about four years ago. And mm-hmm. because my network was large enough and I really didn't want to max out, right? At that point, it was probably at about 15,000. I didn't want to max out where I couldn't add good people to my direct network that I could connect with a little better, that I have a little more control in the conversation. Whereas followers, they follow you. They're kind of like they're stalking you in a way. You don't (laughs) get to reach out to them and say, hey, you want to do this? You want to try that? You don't have that kind of ability to connect to them. But even back then, I noticed that my followers, because I turned follow first on, they rapidly increased. And so right now, you know, my network is a little over 43,000. Majority of them are followers. And it's really because of turning on follow first. And I like it because what I get to do is kind of, I get to test out that follower in a way, if they engage, right? If they write things that are of interest and I see that, I'll start following them. And a relationship builds. And those are the people I want in my network. Yes. Yeah. yeah. One of the worst mm-hmm. things in a network is people who don't do anything. Lazy connections do not make a great network. And so 
to me, the follow is almost a way for us each to test each other out, kind of the, the trial run. And if it works out well, that's when you reach out to them and say, hey, you know what? Would you like to go beyond follow? Let's let's connect and collaborate. And, you know, that to me is the real value. And I, w- I just thought it was funny that they almost had to force it out there with creator mode and offering all these kind of nice little tchotchkes, right? So you would take creator mode. And, and to me, it's interesting because LinkedIn would prefer us to have more followers than connections. The thing is, with a connection, right, you fall into the equation of six degrees of separation. Within six handshakes, you can meet anybody in the world. The more first-level handshakes you have, the less you need. LinkedIn knows that. And the business model for LinkedIn is you can see up to three handshakes, but to get to the other three, you have to pay for them. Or for the other three to get to you, they got to pay for them. Right. So they would rather you have followers than connections. Wow. That's interesting. That's interesting. You know, I... I noticed something recently because I keep checking to see if I have audio and no, I don't have audio yet. Maybe by Christmas I'll get it. But um, I noticed something I was talking to Jillian about in the creator mode section where it says uh, follow, follow on LinkedIn. And I got, I've had messages from LinkedIn that now if someone sends me a connection request, they are automatically following me whether I ignore them or not. So that's new to me. And, Mm -hmm. And I thought it's interesting since you brought up the followers but, you know, I want to talk to you all about LinkedIn audio, which rolled out in beta beginning of this year, I think January, maybe the end of January. And um, in the beginning, there were uh, a lot of audio rooms. I saw audio rooms all the time and they were mostly people talking about audio. So you go to an audio room and the people <laughs> they got it oh, easy. <laughs> and, you know, what do you think of the audio? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I'm finding this. And it was just kind of like crazy. And then they kind of fell off and the room started becoming the ones that I saw more like clubhouse in the sense there were topics and engaging and, and many hosts um, like Beth Granger. I know particularly I was impressed early on where when she had guests, she would involve everyone in the conversation and it wasn't just, you know, a couple of people talking at the top. And now though um, a lot of people that I know, have audio, but I'm not seeing the number of rooms that I expected. And I know some people who had beta who were doing audio rooms, good rooms, you know, Nick and and, um, Claire Carroll used to do room like a room every week and I don't see them anymore. So what do you all think is, um, is going on with this? I can tell you, I was was one of the beta testers starting in uh, January and done close to 30 LinkedIn audio rooms coming from kind of a clubhouse background. Mm -hmm. I love social audio to me is a connector. Mm -hmm. And it does, if you run it in the sense of an open conversation, as a host, you learn as much as the audience does. And that's the cool thing. And so I think it'll always continue, Right. Will it be massive, you know, thousand people in a room? I don't know if it'll ever get to that point because I don't know if a thousand people all the time have time to do that, right? Yeah. But yeah. you get really good people. And one of the things I love about LinkedIn, and this was very different from Clubhouse, is there's a networking tab on that audio event. So if you just press attend, even if you don't show up, 
you can then go into that networking tab and you can contact anybody in there directly. You can connect with them if they'd like to connect. You can have a conversation with them. It's much like being in a group, right? But it's this big wide audience. So if you see a topic you like, even if you can't attend, hit attend and then go back and network. And to me, that's really cool. If they're more than a third degree, right? It's one of the few places on LinkedIn where you can actually send an email, even if you don't have any emails, like you're not playing for premium, you're just a, a free account. They will provide you a free email to send to that individual so you can begin a conversation because you're in that initial conversation. To me, that's the coolest thing, especially whether you're building a business or you're a job seeker. But if you target, let's say you want to talk to uh, Richard Branson, right? And he does an audio event. You can send him a direct message. Wow. That's pretty cool. You can begin. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Impress him, right? And then say, remember when I impressed you? (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's all there. And that to me is, is the, the accelerator beyond what Clubhouse was. Clubhouse was clunky. Um, it was hard to navigate, but it came at a time when we all needed it, right? We were yes. dying. We were locked up and didn't want to do Zoom anymore. We wanted to talk to people. We didn't want any you know, pressure on us. All that still exists with LinkedIn. You know, There's things they need to do. And we gave them a laundry list of things they need to do that they were completely surprised. The biggest one being you got to be able to record it, right? And in that process, you have to let people know, hey, this session is going to be recorded. And mm-hmm. recorded just for the host, or it's going to be recorded just for the speakers, or it's going to be recorded and released to everybody. But you got to let them know beforehand so that you can do that. And so the beauty of LinkedIn lately is they're doing these beta tests. Beta tests were really unusual. And I've been on LinkedIn since 2005. They've been very unusual. And now they're very open. And I'm amazed how well the product group said, that's really cool. I want to know more about that. Why do you want to do that? What would we do? How did we do that? What does it look like? I've never had so many questions in my life, especially from LinkedIn when I'm not in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) It's a beautiful thing. And where else can you actually put an event together and have other people from LinkedIn show up? Yeah. Come on stage. Yeah. You know, wow. they can't say much, but they'll come on stage. So to me, it's 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 very dynamic in that sense. I love that. And hopefully, if all goes well, we will have video events. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you about that a little bit oh, later. Yeah. That to me is that. that that blows everything up. I love audio, but I love video even better. To me, that is a is a whole different degree. Yeah, I think that's a great transition to Jillian. But let me say one more thing about LinkedIn Audio. So Clubhouse, like Kevin said, it came at a time where we were all stuck inside. We No one could go anywhere. So the fact that there was a group of us from LinkedIn, and that's actually how I got to know Annette. There's a group of us on LinkedIn who... We're always on every weekday morning for LinkedIn International. Mm-hmm. And that was an amazing group because I'm still friends with a lot of those same people. And I am I had conversations with people I never would have. But 
that go that being said when linkedin audio launched i said this is exciting and i'm able to see profiles in those linkedin audio mm-hmm. rooms that is one of the biggest benefits to me because yeah. you don't have to go in to you have to get out of clubhouse go into linkedin look mm-hmm. up their profile mm-hmm. it's one last step you can look yeah. up the profiles as you're doing mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and what kevin mentioned i honestly think not enough people know that that's one of the big perks is you can send messages so i think that attending events whether you're there in, physically in person or not is a very big should should be a good thing to do on your to-do list. Um, but Jillian, I'll let you take the video part of it because I think video events would be fantastic. Yeah, but who knows when that's coming? You yeah. know, that that's that's the interesting thing. We can't really talk about that. It's just like we can hope and pray. I would actually say I hope that they roll out social audio all the way with the recordings before they move on because I don't want a, b- a bunch of half-baked mm-hmm. things. But I too really the enjoy big, big the, part the of it audio. right now is to yeah. scale audio before video comes in. Yeah. Because yeah. there's so many things that they're learning. And again, it's brilliant that they're listening, right? And they're well, and they added the captions improvements, which is hard to do once you've coded something to recode, yeah. right? But they're doing that. And what they want to do is then add the video component to it without having to rebuild everything again and going, oh, well, we forgot about those things that you didn't tell us about yet. And so, you know, in that sense, I think it's just going to be a nice launch when that comes because all those little bits and pieces will be figured out. Um, so, I, you know, to me, I'm excited, but I know they've got to scale audio before they can really bring the video in. Right. Well, right. well, I also I also wanted to ask you and, you know, I'm going to ask you to give your thoughts first, Jillian, because this is video and audio kind of. And I had I had remembered seeing someone doing and I, I confirmed it was Beth Granger early on when she had beta. She did a LinkedIn live with a guest mm-hmm. and then she had a Q&A using audio because she's one of the beta testers. And. I'm, I'm curious. And then John Asperian said that he has been a guest on a show where the, the host is doing uh, audio and LinkedIn live at the same time. Mm-hmm. But my question to you is, of course, what do you think about all this? And also, when we were talking about Clubhouse, I remember and you mentioned that room, Deanna, we used to be in there it was like two hours every mm-hmm. morning. And do you think if there's some kind of this combination that these things could go on for longer. So Jillian, there's those all those big fat questions to you. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, I, I do a, a LinkedIn live show every week. It's a half an hour. And to be honest with you, I'm an introvert. By the time I'm done, I'm exhausted. You know, like I don't I wouldn't want to hop. Up. OK, let's just keep this party going, folks. And then now we're going to hop over to an audio room. I wouldn't want to do it. I need to go eat breakfast and get on with my life. And and it takes me an hour to go through comments. So I'm like in the comments and stuff. So I actually wouldn't want to do that. I It's like, I like the audio for big group events. I thought Ilya ran one that was like amazing last Friday. We had over 58 people. When I was looking, we had over 58 people um, in the audience. We had eight people on stage. Um, all video people in an audio room, which was kind of mm-hmm. meta, but <laughs> it was amazing because we were all very, the synergy of how we were all presenting information. 
I met lots and lots of new people. And I think I don't get that on a live as much as in an audio room. So to me, that's a really great way to know people who are interested in what you're interested or else they wouldn't come to the audio event. So I personally wouldn't combine them. I would be exhausted. And I've done a few like that. I did them with Kenneth Lang where we would do a a clubhouse piece and then it would transition into, you know, or he would do a live piece and then it would transition into the audio room. Um, The real reason to do it is that you have a recording. Mm -hmm. So once the recordings are in audio room, Will that be yeah. necessary or even yeah. needed? I mean, I don't think it will be. Now, to me, and, it, and it's funny because um, Clubhouse, I always liken Clubhouse to like meeting your friends at the pub down the street. Yeah. Right? You might sing songs, right? You might take <laughs> jokes that HR shouldn't hear, right? And it was a little more fun. <laughs> LinkedIn to me, LinkedIn audio is like meeting your cohorts in the staff lunchroom, right? Mm -hmm. A little bit more professional. That's following you around. That's the company behind you. You don't know who's. And so your conversations are a little more professional. They're less pubby, right? So Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing that's going on right now where people are going, what do I do? Now, Jillian and I are both in uh, Fab Foreign Friends. We've been doing that for forever until Jillian got thrown out of Clubhouse, you know, because... You know how Jillian is. She's always getting thrown out of places. <laughs> but we still stay friends. <laughs> but we've transitioned that over to um, LinkedIn, except for one component. And that was our fourth uh, or the last uh, Monday of every month. We had Kids Club. And we'd all mm. put our kids' pictures up as our profile. And yeah, I've been about, there. <laughs> yeah, talk, you've been there. That's right. Yep. We talk about things about uh, kids. We've never really... <laughs> known whether we can transition that component to LinkedIn. Huh. And I don't know if everybody wants to put their kids picture on their LinkedIn profile, yeah. <laughs> but not. you never know. And it was kind of fun because you go and like Jillian would start talking and Ed would start talking. You're like, Oh, I, I see you. I can see you as a kid. Right. And it yeah. was like this connectivity that was neat. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I, and when you think about that, Deanna, I, I know that, there is this thing when you're on LinkedIn, you're public. I mean, there is no private, even LinkedIn live used to be able to do it private. You can't do it private anymore. What, what's your feeling about that, Deanna? I feel like if you are going, this is what I say to people about posting content. If I'm going to walk into a networking event and I'm going to start talking to you about something, anything, then that's the same type of thing that I would post on LinkedIn because Mm -hmm. The the person that you're meeting in a networking event doesn't know you, okay? Chances are. I mean, you might have met before at another networking Mm -hmm. event. But that being said, they don't know you very well. So when it comes to public versus private, what you're putting out there is public, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you're not comfortable saying it, don't say it. That's all. So the same thing goes for LinkedIn Live or LinkedIn Audio. I'm... I, 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 that, that's pretty much the way I feel is what, if, what you're going to post as content is the same thing that you would then say in a live or audio room. Right. Yeah. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. No, I think that's right. I always use what I call the grandparent rule, right? If you wouldn't say it in front of your grandparents, mm-hmm. probably don't say it on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
know, if I, they give I, you a lecture, then that's mm -hmm. probably not what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I'm I'd like to just touch on this briefly because I do want to talk to you about about some of the you know the video stuff that may be coming up in the carousels, but you know, just just quickly because it's sort of come up in this conversation. There have been a lot of posts recently. Um, there was a uh, Lauren did a, a LinkedIn Live today on this, the whole idea of vulnerability on LinkedIn. And I know I am very, I'm okay with my personal life, but I have my private life, which is private. And I know some people are comfortable sharing more, but I, I sort of cringe sometimes when I see um, coaches you know, tell, suggesting to people that they be vulnerable on LinkedIn, you know, because you build your visibility. And so I, I just love to hear, you know, your thoughts on this before we before we move on. Right. So I'll, I'll go first for this okay. one, because one of my um, one of the one of the posts that I put up that have gotten the most visibility, we'll just say that the most visibility mm -hmm was a post about the drunk driving crash that killed my sister. Hmm. Now, when I talk about it, which I have done since two months after the two months after the sentencing, I was allowed to publicly speak about it. I have the it's basic. It's almost like a cassette tape. I'm going to go back to the 80s <laughs> cassette tape where you play and rewind because I know the story and I know what I want to share for people. So that being said, Annette, I have shared something that is very open and very vulnerable and like not a lot of people like my parents can't get up and talk about my sister's death. I'm I'm the only one who really is. Mm -hmm. They say I'm strong enough, whatever. But I, I just feel like I have the voice and I have been doing this since. So that being said, when I hear that, I'm like, you only really peel away the onion for what you are most comfortable sharing. But to see people who are being coached and say, do it for views, that makes mm. me upset. That makes yeah. me really, really upset because that's not what it's about. That's not- Yeah, there has to be a bigger purpose that than- anniversary. That wasn't, that. that wasn't it. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree. And I've seen some here, but I absolutely agree with that. They're, they're real. And I can appreciate those. And, I, and and people who get pushed into telling things they don't want to tell, they should run away from that coach. I mean, yes. if that coach, if that's all they can do. I believe that you can have personality. You don't have to, to tell all the personal secrets, right? I'm a very personable person. I, I laugh. I joke. I do things. I don't tell a lot of personal information. And I'm comfortable that way. And, you know, so everybody has to find their own spot, but you can replace personality or personal information with personality. Yeah. Either one actually works, mm -hmm. you know, and if you're mm -hmm. passionate about things, you could talk about those things you're passionate about, you know, because that works, you know, whatever we put on the internet, we never get back. Yeah. We have no control yeah. once we release it. And believe it or not, there are biases out there. I w I feel terrible and I don't know the guy and I don't know his incentives. The, the, they now call him the crybaby CEO. Oh, and yeah, yeah. His brand for the rest of his life, he is the crybaby CEO. Am I going to invest $10 million in his company? No, because he's the crybaby CEO. Yeah. yeah. Boom. He is, he has ruined it by being too vulnerable. 
and it takes into question why did he do that, right? And so there's been a lot of analysis about it, but just know that once you throw it out there, you can't get it back. If you want to tell somebody you have a disability or this, that, and the other, you can't get that back. It's there. It's now part of your brand. It will always be part of the consideration when somebody does things with you. Sometimes it might be an incentive, an attraction. Other times it might be just the opposite. You might not know about it. You know, I run my own business. I want to embrace everybody and have everybody as a potential, right? As opposed to knocking out 50% of the individuals that might want to do business with me or that might want to have a relationship with me because of the way they view certain things. And so I always say, be careful. You know, sometimes even personality, if it gets too big, can be a problem too. But I bear that. Yeah. <laughs> I've run into those people, so I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, but one of the things that I do love is the fact that LinkedIn does, uh, it, it seems to become more personal in the sense that mm-hmm. I've seen, you know, I've, I've kind of met Deanna's kids. I've met Mr. Max. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I really appreciate that. And, you know, it, it is interesting. And I think you're right. Obviously, you're right. Once you put it out there, you can never get it back. And I have posted a few things that were a little um, more personal, um, maybe political, not in, you know, in the not too distant past, but I weighed the options of what I was saying. And I, and I, you know, based what I was saying with facts and figures and things like that. And it was, I I felt it so deeply that I was okay with it. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what those coaches are not teaching. Yeah. is you can do this. You can have these shares, but as much as there might be a positive, there's also the negative and you've got to weigh that equation and know once you put it out there, it doesn't go away. Yeah. Yep. yeah. It becomes yep. part of you. They always say, you know, if you, if there's any bad stuff about you on the internet, you can't get rid of it. The only thing you can do is bury it with good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I've been there probably once or twice. You just keep making more good stuff. That that is so true. Okay, so let us jump over to video now. LinkedIn, um, you know, they rolled out cover story, and then it was profile video. And I am still surprised at the people I know who are coaches. You know, I go to book them on. I'm booking them on my show, and I'm grabbing their profile photos from LinkedIn, and I see they don't have a profile video. And so I'm kind of thinking like. Although LinkedIn's been pushing this like since at least 2020 that I found an old, you know, webinar and blog that they were talking about doing video. But my question is because carousels are just starting. And um, I mean, I don't have that yet. Maybe I'll get that for like Easter. But um, carousels are, to my knowledge, and I know, Kevin, you've written about this. Do you have as well? Jillian, I don't know if you have it yet, Deanna. Or you can do a combination of image, right? Image and and video. Yep. Do you think that that will encourage people to do video? Do you think LinkedIn's behind that? Jillian, you're shaking your head already. So why? Why? Carousels are hard. They're hard because there's a lot of like they look cool. But to be honest with you, I don't think they're going to be easy to create. And they're going to take a lot of thought because you're having to deal with multiple files. When you go to upload a carousel, like for instance, I just prepared a PDF that I'm going to upload tomorrow. 
did it in Canva, printed it. It looks good. I'm going to upload it in one swoop, easy peasy, and somebody's going to click, click, click and read it tomorrow. Carousels, it's a whole different thing. Your video has to be one file. The other images have to be another file. If you want to put captions, you're going to have to put captions on every bit of your video. So if you have a bit, if you have a video and it's like scene one, so think of it as like a carousel Mm -hmm. scenes, it's in scenes. So say for instance, you have a video scene one and then a graphic and then a video scene three and then another graphic, you're going to have to caption each and every video. So you're either thinking about burning in the captions, which are going to be the best, Or you're going to have to go and use another tool. A lot of people are using Instagram. I can tell because I see the video. Mm -hmm. I pretty much can figure out what works and what doesn't. They have closed captions. I know a couple people have tried the closed captions and they're very fiddly and didn't work and they got rejected and stuff. So it's going to be a lot of work. And, And LinkedIn has done a really good job of rolling out templates in Canva. And, you know, we've talked about the templates in Canva and that those have come out, but you need to save every single file in the template as its own file, which again, that's a document management thing. So now all of a sudden you have a 15 slide carousel. Now you got 15 files. So you have to go through each one of your Canva slides and you'd have to export this one as a you know, this one is a, as an MP4 and now caption it. And then this one is a PNG or a JPEG. And I, I don't know if the GIFs are working. So the GIFs have to be saved as MP4s. That's people are just going to go. I don't think so. Oh, yeah. So I, I have noticed. Have time. Yeah. I don't How many the, are you seeing? A few minutes is a few hours of work. Whereas if you were doing that in kind of a video format fashion, much easier to edit that. Yeah. And do yeah. things. So mm-hmm. I wow. and, and that's why I think they, they announced that it's not going to be available in mass until fall. So right. I think fall carousel is going to look very different and function very different than it does today because I think they rushed it forward. It's hard. A lot of thought, you know, and, and it's not what it should be. But and you and you have cool. no yeah, and you have no idea how long a carousel is. So it's like you go to look at one and it could be this guy who's like yakking, 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 yakking. (laughs) And you're like, oh my gosh. Little meters moving down there, but you don't know how long each segment is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems that people are already kind of like, they're not cheating. I'd hate to say the word cheating, but they're already like, okay, it's all going to be PNGs or it's all going to be video I don't want to keep changing it. So what's the point of taking a video and chopping it up into 10 slides? It's, yeah. it's pointless. Wow. So I, I, you know, I was really excited about it when I saw it, to be honest with you, I'm more excited about the clickable link and putting that on my video. <laughs> I love that. That's easy. Today, as of today, they still do not have the step-by-steps on LinkedIn help for carousel. I think <laughs> I'm the only one who's actually documented what huh. steps it takes. And of course, those go off on different variants depending on what you're pulling in, right? They've never done it. They've never given a step-by-step. So they're throwing this carousel out and going, 
swim. <laughs> so a lot of people, a lot of people have carousel. I didn't even know. I don't see any of them. Beta, so. No beta, beta testers. There, but there, there's there just a over, select group. Yeah, it's over two thousand people right now who have it. But again, I'm not I don't me. See them. I haven't gotten it either. In that, it's the not majority just of the people who've had it, and I've been <laughs> able to test it and work with it. I don't have it, but I've been able to work through an account that has it. Yeah. Majority of people who use it, they will do it two or three times to say they've done a carousel and they won't and go back. It. No. It's too wow. much work. It's too so much work. It, so it, it sounds to me, and Jillian, back me up or, or tell me I'm crazy. It sounds to me that you could just use like InShot and you could ha- put in your videos and your images and then just caption it and bam. Uh, I'd use CapCut. I'd use CapCut. But, that, but, that's- but you can just do that. Why would you bother with the carousel? Well, I think it's because there was some cool features that it was like multimedia. So I think, you know, in in its creativity, I think it's actually quite cool. But I just think that it's going to be a bit of a time suck. And I could see that it would be neat. And it could be a scroll stopper. And of course, because it's new, you're going to get a lot of anybody who can do it is going to get attention because you're going to yeah. see it in the news feed. But, you know, there's just but they're, they're a lot finding out it. quickly it's not worth the effort because no, the people I, I, who I, have it are dropping it. You know, they'll do wow. two or three of them. And then they're like, no, nah, I'll wait till they fix it. And, uh, you know, when we were beta testing audio, it was like that at the beginning. Nothing worked. And yeah. many of us just thought, you know, we're just going to stop. And a lot of us kept on. Beth was one of those. We survived and made improvements. They'll do the same thing with this. But I think Carousel is going to come back in another way, right? What they mm-hmm. learned during Carousel is going to create something that that will be cool and won't take a day or two for us to create. So yeah, maybe maybe they'll, they'll bring, bring stories, stories back. They'll yeah. bring back stories. I, I love, remember <laughs> stories. Yeah, and and why not? Like every other platform has, right? Instagram has yep. them. TikTok has stories. Like, got rid of them. So so um, I can tell you why. Wh- why? Why? Because <laughs> we all lean in. <laughs> stories did not use a native video process, and LinkedIn spent millions, tens of millions of dollars bringing in a new stack of technology so that they could do native video mm-hmm. and native audio. And so that's part of the process. I think based on that, lives will be done with native LinkedIn video. Now, yeah. if they're smart, they'll let us stream those to other places and you know that kind of stuff. If they're not, you know, that's a problem, but they're trying to make everything native to here so they can capture us here, keep us here, make us work here. And it makes sense. And I would like that if that were possible. Right. Sure. But until then, they've got all these bits and pieces. And that's why with like live, when you go to comment on a live, it's like, forget it. <laughs> Somebody mentioned me. I'm not going back. I can't. You have to dig through, you know, yes. you get your mobile app out or you go to the activity section. You go down and you find comments. That's why, because it's using a third-party process that's porting into LinkedIn, and it doesn't have the ability to comment. So going forward, LinkedIn will have an option where the comments will be much like they are on audio events. Mm -hmm. Where you can comment as you go. You can go back and comment. You can read the comments while the audio event's going on. You know, 
that's what's going to happen. But that's really kind of taking things inside. And I think that's why I think that's why that that pushes there. So then after saying all that, which I agree with you, why did they introduce the links and images that you've you've mentioned that, right, Jillian, the the links and the images. So then why did they do that? What do you think? Does it make sense? Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. It's something that they just needed to do. That's all. This is something that they they should have done a long time ago. Yeah. Now, LinkedIn has got got an issue. It has an owner, right? It's no longer LinkedIn, do whatever we want to do as long as our boss says so. Now the boss has a boss. Every quarter, there is a LinkedIn KPI for new features. So when they go to the Microsoft quarterly, they've got to show Microsoft that they've come up with 15 to 20 substantial features. And that's why in the last year and a half, we've gone feature crazy. Because if you looked at LinkedIn and I I did a big, long timeline of LinkedIn, you might have gotten five features a year. Now you, you would get five a month, if not more. Because they have to prove to Microsoft that they're worth it. Yeah. Wow. So going, okay. Who's got an idea? I could put links in an image and a video. It's like, wow. do it. <laughs> so, oh, okay. So I thought that was just to build up the FOMO that I have big time. But but I want but I want to ask you, Jillian, because I if if you can talk a little bit about this. I mean, you were explaining to me how you can use these links and and what are good ways to use for branding. You mentioned images. You also mentioned videos and. Everything. You can use them for everything. So the very first one that I did was to go to my newsletter. You know, here's a picture of my newsletter because I I opened it up and I went, oh, my God, I have it. So I had to like quickly find something on my phone. And I said, oh, okay. how about because see, it's interesting. You can make your link go to somewhere on LinkedIn or somewhere off LinkedIn. So Mm -hmm. that's interesting, you know, in itself. And we can talk about, well, is, you know, is, is LinkedIn really going to do that? You know, are people really going to click to go off to your website? Probably not. You know, probably not. Most people, I think, want to stay on LinkedIn. But I think it's cool. I think it will be better when it comes to desktop, especially because GIFs mm-hmm. don't work on your phone. That's, wow. That Who me. knew that? That killed me when I tried to go, because I don't use mobile, but maybe 5% you of my time, usually for audio messages, right? Maybe for commenting on on uh, Jillian's lives, <laughs> the only time I use mobile, I went there and I, I tried to load a, a, a GIF. I was excited. I was going to put the uh, the links in there, and no, nope, can't load a GIF. You know, and I had to load a still image. It was like it wasn't the same. Nope. Yeah. So to me, that that part's frustrating. What I find fascinating on that, and I don't know if they goofed up or they're doing this on purpose internal links things linked to other things inside linkedin when you click on that link it replaces the current screen in that tab with the destination right so technically if it's an internal link all your dwell time for your post just went away dwell time is a valuation of how good that post is right because link says people spend a lot of time on that one uh-huh. It must be good. We'll show it to other people, right? So you don't want to destroy dwell time. External links, and this is what I don't get. External links open a new tab 
and leave the old tab open, still running, still burning dwell time, but you got this new tab on where you're checking out the resources and you can go back to the old tab, dwell time's still running. So in some ways, that link to an external is better for your post than the link to an internal. Wow, that's old. Because you're sending people away from LinkedIn. Wow, that's crazy. Maybe maybe we shouldn't tell them. (laughs) No, that's amazing. No, but that to me made no sense at all. It was like, it was the opposite of what I expected. Yeah. I don't don't know what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think they rushed it. Wow. And I love what you discovered, Kevin, that you can like kind of pinch and zoom. You can make them, you can make your clickable link a different size. And you said it's much more eye catching if you kind of like put it in an angle, put it on the side. Like a TikTok thing. Yeah. Yeah. Makes it stand out. So that's clever. The thing straight up and down, right? On one end. Yeah. You just don't want to have your link at the bottom of your post if it's a video. Because the play bar sits on top of it, which is like not intuitive that would happen. And while it works on mobile, it uh, if it's on desktop, somebody can't click. Yeah, you have to you have to enlarge it to be a full screen video, and then you can click on it, which is not intuitive. Now, one thing I I think the biggest issue people have with those clickable links is what they write in the clickable link. It's so dull. I don't know. I'm supposed to click on it. Right? <laughs> so it says like uh, my favorite resource, not click to do better LinkedIn, right? Or something. Yeah, yeah. Click, go here. <laughs> you know, nobody's really figuring out. You got to direct people in that small little 30 spaces you've got. You've got to direct them to go do it. It's a call to action. Or design your post. Yeah. Design your post knowing where you're going to put the link and you could put an arrow or you could, you know, I used a, a, a different color so it would stand out. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't put it over top of somebody's face. <laughs> yeah. Kind of yeah, that, 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 yeah, that makes sense. I know. I was so excited to see it yesterday when I it was yesterday evening that I just looked in my, my, I kept checking. Phone. To see. <laughs> and so I, I saw a picture of one of my dogs. And so I put that up there and I put a link. To TikTok to the video of my dogs. And, you know, and I was surprised because when I tried it myself, it took you right there. It didn't have that, oh, you're leaving LinkedIn. Like they usually like, oh, do you want to go there? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of cool. But we are getting sort of, you know, past a little bit past the end of our time together. Are there any, uh, what would be some final thoughts that you might want to share? If we could start with Deanna, we'll just go around to Kevin um, that, you know, we've talked about a lot but obviously not everything, something that you would want to add that you think is important or you just want to share. Well, and that you mentioned one thing that I wish more people would do and that's profile video because you're missing an opportunity there that not enough people are taking the 30 seconds. And in my case, I think I did it in like 10 takes, but regardless of how many Jillian did mine. Ah, there you go. There you <laughs> you go. This stuff you. out, right? You don't have to do everything. <laughs> it's your marketing budget. Yeah, you did a beautiful job of putting mine together. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's um it's a missed opportunity if you're not using that because people will see that video and they will get to know you beyond mm-hmm. anything that is static on your profile. 
So why not, if they give you that opportunity, why not use it to introduce yourself to, via video to people? Absolutely yeah. Great. yeah. I, I'll, let me follow up on that one because I, I kind of have a related thing. I, too, think that the profile video is the number one thing everybody should be concerned with, but primarily because Kevin's always talking about the increase of bots and fake accounts and all that on LinkedIn. And so if you have a profile video, then we know you're a real person. Mm -hmm. We yes. know you're a real person. So even, even if you just want to make sure that you are not seen as just like, who's that weird guy? <laughs> do, do it for that reason alone. Don't be a bot. Get to yeah. get a little video. It's not a big deal. Absolutely agree. You know, to me, I, I would just encourage everybody to do more on LinkedIn, right? But do it in a sense of you've got a purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Think about what are your goals? What do you want to accomplish on LinkedIn? And much as we've talked today, know that anything you do is becomes part of your brand, right? So focus what you do. If you want to land a job as a data scientist, start posting about data science, right? Start following data scientists, start commenting on data scientists, make that profile video as a data scientist, right? With some background, but just do more, but keep it in focus to move you forward. And the rewards are there. It's one of the few places on the internet that you have full control. And I love that. Well, you know, I, I love what all of you said. Obviously, I met you all on LinkedIn or Clubhouse. And I have colleagues that I talk to and they go, oh, you know, LinkedIn. Oh, it's just like a chore. But what they don't realize is once you get on there and you know people, it's fun. It's not mm -hmm. a chore. So, um, again, I thank you all so much for being here with me tonight. I am incredibly grateful. I had a blast and I learned stuff, too, which is always um, a bonus for me and everyone out there. We've had some people applauding along the way. So um, thank you so much for being here with us as well and saying goodbye for now. And you'll be seeing another show, hopefully not too far in the future. So good night for now. Thank you again for joining me for this episode of the Trend Talk Show. If you enjoyed our broadcast, please subscribe.